What up, what up, what up, film fans? This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, taste of the beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 73. 73. This episode, we'll be reviewing Coda and Nightmare Alley. Good to see you, back. Welcome back. <laughs> we made it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Black History Month. Yes. Happy Omicron is down 5% in New York. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and as an Omicron survivor... I appreciate that very much so. Yeah, that wasn't me. That was him. That was me all <laughs> he, day. He, he made it out the storm, though. He yes, made I it did. out the Thanks storm. Thanks to you, Tawana. Yes, we're back. I appreciate yep. it. Mm-hmm. We're back with Chauncey. Big Chauncey on the wheels of Big steel. C. We made it back. We're here. It's 2022. That's right. Can we're ready to go. It? Yeah. I can believe it. And it's all about these movies. And it's all, it's all about, about these movies. Because like, you know what? We're just we're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, we, we got no choice. And we got some great movies to talk about today. That's right. What are we going to drink? What are you thinking? I am having Breckenridge's Ooh. Vanilla Porter. Nice. And you love a vanilla. Uh, you know, relax. It's almost what? like a heifer. Take, take it easy. I love a vanilla. Don't, don't get me in trouble out here in these streets. <laughs> I like a vanilla flavor. I like a vanilla yes. candle. Yeah. I like a vanilla incense. Yes. You have she the does. whole the whole community of uh, black women jumping on my neck. It's okay. You're, you're fine. It's all right. It's all right. We're good. We're good. But I do like a vanilla porter mm-hmm. by Breckenridge. Um, oh, for a second, I almost forgot where they were from. <laughs> <laughs> How do you forget that? How many part? of those vanillas have you had? I've only had one. Actually, two. No, one. I've had one. And a half. Again. Yeah, I don't really know where they're from. I'm gonna look them up though. That's crazy. Um, okay. <laughs> Everyone, Twin is new to the show. She's no, really never. Every drank beer other thing about this beer I've researched, and the one thing I didn't see was where it was from, and that is well, insulting to the beer. There. And I'm very sorry for that. They're out of Colorado. Nice. Thank you. Sorry about that, Breckenridge. Big Sky Country. Big Sky Country. So Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, roasted malts with notes of vanilla, aromas of vanilla, and toasted grain. Set the stage for uh, mellow flavors of vanilla, dark roasted notes in this uh, popular porter of theirs. Uh, Their reference, don't let this deep mahogany color fool you. This brew is packed with flavor, yet as smooth as they come. Yeah, that's definitely a mouthful of chocolate and vanilla notes. Um, really tasty. Surprisingly, um, surprisingly, like this roasted nut flavor. Really, really, really uh, hit for good measure. Uh, not a ton of carbonation, so the head isn't large. So if you like. You're a big fan of big head. This ain't for you. But, I mean, it's got a great smell like vanilla, a little light chocolate, uh, dark brown to blackish. Really shines in the light. Um, uh, like I said, quickly, uh, uh, what's the word? Dissipating head, uh, minimal lacing. Um, but I, I'm not disappointing in the in the flavor. The the flavor is very nice. I think this could go well as a dessert as well. Um, you could have it with a nice cake or a little treat afterward. Uh, I like it. You like it? I like it. Sort of stouty, but not um, overwhelmingly stouty. Not and not as milky as a milk stout. But I think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good overall sipping beer. Um, yeah, would go good with spicy food. 
Goes okay. good with guacamole. Oh, clearly, it goes well with guacamole. <laughs> I kind of dusted off some Tawana guacamole. Clearly, I wasn't alone. Just enjoyed all of the guacamole. I did enjoy today. some Whole Foods guacamole because their stuff is the shit. She really did. But it goes well with all this, you know, this toasted coca nibs. I got it. Cacao, my bad. And all right. We tobacco would go nice with this. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. No, well, good. if I had a, tiga- if you a had cigar, a nice cigar, it would it would be a pleasure. That's possible. Yeah, I think it's good. But if you like, I said, if you're looking for a big head, it's just a one finger, one to. Okay. You know, you're not gonna get crazy with this, but got you it. know, body is nice and smooth. What do you got, Vaughn? Well, because it's Black History Month, and I'm trying to support uh, Black bourbon and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs, I decided to try Abasola whiskey out of Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, she also pops into New York quite often because it's a woman she, who's running this business. And I, I'm really happy about that because right. I love when black women are running their businesses and doing their things. Absolutely. As they always do um, in my life and culture and community. Um, Abasola. As they pr- promote themselves, they're all about celebration. And so, you know, the, the one thing about this that's kind of interesting to me, it's a, a blend of one-year-old bourbon okay. and six-month malt whiskey with notes of vanilla, waffle cone as a complement to the caramel and spice blended at the base with uh, notes of uh, aroma of apricot and almond cream interestingly enough i think that this whiskey needs some more time in the barrel because it's uh definitely needs it's more aged time. In, in oak barrels but i think it needs just a little bit more time today we just i decided to make um one of their recommended recipes on their website i actually like the recipe because it has um grapefruit in it and i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what it's called it's called Dance with me, really tasty, and it has uh, Abasola whiskey, grapefruit juice, honey, sprigs of mint, and lime as a garnish. Very tasty. Okay. I I, I enjoyed the taste of it, um, because it hid those malt notes. Because I do not like malt notes, because it's, it's too much like scotch for me. So it's right. it's not gonna be one of those things I asked for. When I'm out drinking, because I like bourbon. I do not like scotch. And everybody who knows me knows that I do not like scotch. But, okay, it'll sit on my bar, and people who come over can enjoy it. Like I said, I enjoyed the cocktail that I made, and I think that Tawana sort of liked it, and Mm. Chauncey kind of appreciated it. I also made it with bourbon, and it's great with bourbon. But, once again, I'm I'm supporting this business because... I'm all about supporting black-owned businesses. And sure. um, Abasola Whiskey, keep doing your thing. Keep having the celebration. I think this 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 brand definitely celebrates black women whiskey drinkers. Mm-hmm. And that's also a beautiful thing because contrary to popular opinion, we're not just about sweet drinks and, you know, those kind of, you know, the sex on the beaches, the Cosmos, yeah. the... You know, the margaritas, there's other kinds of drinks that, you know, grown women like and and whiskey is one of them. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the fact that more women are getting into the whiskey game and yeah. so and black women at that. And so I think that this is just another, you know, on right into it. And, I, and you know, so I celebrate, you know, Abashola and, and what they're trying to do there. For sure. And, you know, just keep drinking it. And it was it was minimal in cost. This, this bottle cost me 50 bucks. But that's minimal. I mean, compared to some, compared to some we've had on this show, mm. it's minimal. But it's a fifty dollar bottle, and you know, it's it's okay. I think, you know, I'm gonna try it with a cigar and see what happens with that. Just doing it neat with a cigar because I think yeah. that might bring it to where I would like it to be. But yeah. I like it with this cocktail, dance with me, and so. Um, yeah, it was better with a bourbon without yeah. the whiskey. Yeah. But um it it's tasty. Yeah. And you know, once again, try new things. Yeah. Reach out, find it. It's in your stores. 
Yeah, so you is uh, Breckenridge. And great bottle design. I love the bottle. I love the look of it. It fits in with the um, Nightmare Alley theme of one of the films because it looks very 1930s, very 1940s, mm-hmm. circa 1930s and 40s. So yeah. I think that it, it works with that. And um, I could have made it with a Manhattan, which is definitely 1940s. But um, I, I like I like this, you know, to try new things. So here we go. Yeah, so. good luck to you, Evasola. Yep. Um, I can't really tell you about proofing any of that because yeah. I'm not getting any of you those need to details. Put the proof on your bottle. I would really like I that. Would, I would certainly age that longer. Yeah, I feel like it. This phone, <laughs> I feel like it needs to be aged a lot longer, just to make it take us where we need to go. But you know what? Keep going. Make some more booze. And everybody else jump into the booze game because I want my own booze. So anybody listening, if you got some connects, Vaughn wants his own booze. Yeah, I want my own dispensary. But that's another situation for another Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you know, we'll get there when New York gets caught up. Um, do you have any industry news today? I do have some industry news. I wanted to talk a little bit about Oscar snubs since this episode is really going to be about some Oscar films. Yes. And this is the first of two Oscar Two or three. We weren't committed to it yet. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. Um, yeah. So so uh, we were talking about, and I was doing a lot of reading about the Oscar snubs. Um, you know, I guess because of like the whole COVID thing and then the movie theaters being like a, a hit or miss situation. I'm not quite up on it as much as I used to be. Um, so, you know, we have to sort of get reacquainted with Oscar films that are here now. But the snubs are a little insulting. Yeah. Um, for one, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. Amazing. Well, I'm sorry I didn't, but I took his word for it. I had the most fun I've had in a movie theater in a very, very long time. House of Gucci and, and Lady Gaga and the entire cast. Right. It, it, Jared Leto is unrecognizable. Yeah. Unrecognizable. You would not even know that was him. He Outstanding performance. Lady Gaga is an actress. She is a singer. She is an actress. She's a performance artist. She is every single thing. Mm-hmm. And she was outstanding in this role. I, I just, it's unfortunate that, you know, the fact that don't look up is nominated mm-hmm. and house of Gucci is not says a yeah. lot about There's this a lot industry. Of mistakes there. The fact that passing isn't nominated right. Spider-Man. And there's a lot of talk about the fact that Spider-Man is not nominated because it's made more money than all of these films. And, and the fact that, but is money a barometer? No, money is a barometer. For, and the for thing excellence? Is, because it actually classic? is good. Okay. It actually is good. And there's great performances in it. But Hollywood has a thing about superhero films, mm-hmm. first of all. They also have a thing about blacks. Clearly. We already know that. But that's that's a given. Right. That's a given. passing is directed by a biracial woman. Yeah. They don't care. Rebecca Hall. They don't care. And, Her and first ever. They don't care about two black women. They don't care. No. You you know that's not a thing. Yeah, of course. So the whole thing, it's just the. There is so much work that needs to be done, but I I think that what what's happening with the pandemic is the fact that people are getting to see these films. Yeah. And like the right. films we're going to talk about today, you know, I think that because of streaming, yeah, it's opened up a different world that's for more people accessible to access these films and, and, and to absorb these films and, and really just, just learn some different things and, and, and filmmakers are getting to tell different kinds of stories right. because we would have never had a film like Coda before. We would have never had that. No. Uh, so, Sound of Metal, that was the closest we ever Right, came. and so it's, it's so, we've come so far in, in that, in that kind of storytelling and the diversity that's needed in Hollywood. So I, I'm, I'm glad that these kinds of things are being told. But Hollywood has a long way to go, and I and what what I'm happy about, and and just you know, is that your point about industry news? Did you have anything else you want to say before I go into mine? Um, no, I wanted to just list a few of the industry news, uh, Oscar snubs. So there's Lady Gaga. Uh-huh. There's of course Passing, 
who could have really been up for best pick and director and some acting nods. Mm. Uh, Jessica Chastain, oh. who also got passed on Fire. for best actress for the eyes of Tammy Faye. She's Fire. almost unrecognizable in this movie. So good. And did such a good job with yeah. this. You can stream it. I think it was on HBO Max. It was on HBO Max, yes. So good. Unrecognizable. She's totally embodied Tammy Bay. And I'm just going to say, um, you know, Tawana didn't really want to watch this with me. I didn't. I was like, I'm going to watch But when I watched this. it, it was great. And, but, you know, Tawana sleeps on my, my film love because oh, I go no. for them film little, the little quirky films. I like the quirky I films. I like quirk. You know, not, you know. Not like you like quirk. But she, you know, she didn't want to watch it. Now she's like, oh, my God. Jessica Chastain was I mean, amazing. Jessica, Jessica Chastain was. is the bitch. Okay, she's always been the bitch. She was, but I was like, eh, weren't, weren't. I don't know. So then I watched Fantastic. this, and it was, it was way and what better. I'm, I'm going to throw it I, out here to you because you need to check this out too. Okay, tick tick boom. Yes, that you, is also on the list. You have to watch that because so maybe we'll do it for the next episode because it is a Andrew film. Garfield is fantastic, I and think it it's was best picture. It was Lin Manuel Mer- um, Miranda. Fantastic! It's so so also Spider Man, mm-hmm. also good. And there's so many things that are out here for people to consume because you know we're still kind of half in COVID, half out. So if right. you can get this content when you can, just just watch it because there's so much out here. Um, Encanto, fantastic film. I, I was just like, wow. Oh, you watched that? I didn't see that yet. I went. I went to a friend's house who had Disney. Plus and and um, just there's some really really good stuff out here. So just spend some time and I, and you know we're still kind of in the mix and so just figure it out. But find a way to watch some cool stuff. I yeah. Think. Also, they shun uh, Denny Villeneuve mm-hmm. from uh, he was the director of Dune, and you know Denny did also did the Blade Runner. But dude, Remake. Was so beautiful. They shunned him. They did. I mean, they snubbed him rather. Yeah, they didn't do it for him either. It was, it so was I don't know a... what they were thinking. I mean, they they keep throwing this thing that Denzel Washington broke his own record. He broke his own record for being nominated, not winning. Right. You want to pat on the back for calling him black instead yeah, of let's, the N-word? Let's let him like, win. That's what it feels like. Let's let and him the win. The one Oscar you gave him was for a supporting actor in. Uh, he wasn't supporting. It was best actor in training in days. Training days. He's a bad fucking cop. You missed Malcolm X. You missed a million other fucking films that I cannot even bring up. You miss so many films, but that's what you gave it to him. So then now you're you're going to hype that he is making history by breaking his own record of being the most nominated black guy. Mm. Thanks. That's like the most acknowledged black guy. But you didn't actually give him an award. Right. You didn't award him for his 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 skill. Yeah, there there is just so much. I don't. Wrong. I don't know. There's and, so and much wrong with Hollywood. Accordingly, according. Lee, it, it seems like they they were supposed to be adding all these new people to the to the academy. Oh yeah, all these people of color. Mm, sure. Uh, something something still is off on the count there. Yeah, and I'm sure you still got to vote. You, you got to vote, but it's not enough mm-hmm. to make a difference. Right. So you know, do you know, better. And um, Oscar is still so white. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just twisted and wrong and 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 needing to really acknowledge representation mm-hmm. in all in forms. all forms in gender in sexuality in race and ethnicity in religion there's a lot you missed this is this season i didn't even name all the snubs those were the ones that were important to me right i hear you so hear like you. get it together and well so my oscar news is yes. or my excuse me not oscar but uh industry, industry news, news is about Sidney Poitier. I have to acknowledge Sidney Poitier. Yes, naturally. Who died last month. Rest and, in um, peace, sir. Iconic actor, iconic, you know, black actor in the industry who set his own rules in the industry and refused certain roles and, and how he was going to be depicted on the screen yes. and, and, and made, made certain things happen in his contract, mm-hmm. which affected his performances in, um, in, in, I was just like, wow, he was so far ahead of the game Mm -hmm. in the industry. And, you know, he passed recently. And I just want to acknowledge him 
for all the work that he did and all the efforts that he made to represent us in the most possible, positive, possible light yeah, ever. For sure. Because he did that and he made sure it happened. So shout out to you, Sidney Poitier, and thank you for all that you've done. Right, right, right. So let's jump into Nightmare Alley. So Nightmare Alley, Oscar-nominated film, nominated for four awards, I believe it says. Um, best motion picture. Uh, that would give uh, Guillermo and Bradley Cooper and Miles Dale, J. Miles Dale, uh, uh, Oscar. They're also nominated for best achievement in production design, which I hope they win. Beautiful, uh, beautiful, absolutely shot. beautiful. Um, uh, best achievement in costume design, which I also hope they win, and best achievement in cinematography for Dan Lauston which I really, really hope they win. Um, he's a phenomenal director who's also done The Shape of Water, Crimson Peak. Um, he's in pre- like, he's actually I like Crimson Peak a lot. He's actually in pre-production for, um, well, pre- and post-production for The Color Purple, which is going to be nice because it's, it's The Color Purple musical. It's, yeah. it's the play brought to life. Um, yeah. Thanks to Oprah. John Wick. I mean, we can't all be mad at her. I um, can. He's done a lot of stuff. He's even done Brown Mary, Crimson Preak, lots of stuff. Uh, but, you know, really hope he gets it because there are some really interesting uh, shots in the film that I thought were noteworthy. So anyway, so we'll move on to the synopsis. Nightmare Alley and an ambitious carny with a talent for nip- manipulating people with a few well-chosen words, hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Sure. <laughs> Directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring Bradley Cooper, so many, hold tight. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Runa Mari, uh, I'm sorry, Rooney Mara, uh, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, David Straharan. Yeah. Um, and I could go on and on, but it's so many. Paul Anderson, I want to give him a little shout out for the geek. Mm. Paul Anderson from Peaky Blinders fame. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you start this time. Want me to start? Yeah. All right. Tell us how you feel. Well, I think it was a beautifully shot noir film. Absolutely. Um, and... I actually have the definition of noir. Please, please share that because with I really want you to understand. Because that's one of my favorite genres what of film. film noir actually is. So, film noir is a style of filmmaking characterized by such elements of cynical heroes, stark lighting effects, frequent use of flashbacks, intricate plots, and an underlining existentialist philosophy. The genre was prevalent mostly in the American crime dramas of the post-World War II era, which is why it always takes place in like the late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, because um, right. it was that period time. Um, right. So yes, beautifully shot, film noir film. Really liked a lot of, I mean, I'll say this before I go into the, into the craft, but wonderfully acted, um, really wanted to love the story, but it felt like same old story, just beautifully done. Not enough of Cooper's car, uh, character for me. I really enjoyed the transitions in time. Now, this is where we go into cinematography. This is why I think they should get an award for this. The transitions in time um, from day to night as he sleeps on the bus at the very beginning, really beautifully done. Um to the wonderful camera angles, to the dramatic lighting, uh, to set design, to costume, to props, even like little things like vintage cigarette cases and tin boxes of like matches, old recording systems, um, just like the drama of the blood being smeared against walls as people run, uh, the stark, dark lighting, the, the beautiful art deco pieces were very 
reminiscent of Metropolis. Uh, yeah, that's that's really all I got to tell you. Cause, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought I thought for a two and a half hour movie, it didn't feel like two and a half hours. It's just when I got to the end, I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, is that what you're gonna do? What's interesting to me, first of all, Kate Blanchett was the ultimate femme fatale. Oh yeah, for she sure. was that for sure. I knew the minute that she appeared on the screen. Oh yeah, Co- that, that was what her role was going to be. Completely. He was very interested in me because usually in in newer films, mm. you usually have like a it's usually around police and and officers and, and detectives. Yeah, because it's things a crime like drama usually. It's because it's usually a crime drama. So in in this crime drama, because it was still a crime drama, it was about Bradley Cooper and he he did all of those things. And you know what was interesting to me, and and just the whole carnival atmosphere, because I I really like old school carnival type films, and yeah. and um, and as I said to you earlier this morning, as we were watching it, you know, I think that um, um, American Horror Story did this better because yeah. they they were. They spent more time in the carny yeah. world. Well, they had more time because they a had show. more time because it was a series. But I think that, and they gave us more texture and all those things. But what's interesting to me was the the performance was the performances were outstanding. Every single person gave their a game, their a game. Yes, and, absolutely. And you you never you you weren't missing anything there. And and no. and I love the fact that Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper took this on. As he's as a, a producer role. as well, and, oh, and he's also a producer. He's nominated, and I think that that's what he because he. But Guillermo wrote the screenplay. Yes, and, and Guillermo is surprisingly good at that. So I don't know right. what happened. And you know, with Guillermo, you know, because I was waiting on something to be. Everything is in some kind of way connected back to a parent. Yeah, he's kind of got a Spielberg thing going. Some trauma with a parent. Mm-hmm. And 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 the whole thing about the exploration of psychology, yes, and and, and working with a counselor and yeah. just how they worked that into the story, which wasn't you know it was just very interesting and I think that you know and and how they used the set, the set was a big part of everything. Mm-hmm. How how he moved through the carnival spaces and then yes. he moved through the city spaces and the performance. Yes. With this audience, and then to the counseling office with Kate Blanchett, and and just opening those those doors, and and the way he would lay on the couch and talk to her, and she would press those buttons, and the recording thing would come. There was so much technology involved yeah. with that, and and it, it spoke to the time, and I think that it's it's very interesting, and the lighting was beautiful. I, I just the cinematography That's true, was gorgeous. Film noir. It was just gorgeous, and everybody looked beautiful. Kate Blanchett, she was stunning. Yeah, she looked great. She's a fifty-two-year-old woman, stunning. and she looks great on film still, which is amazing. That was a shot. Okay. You felt like that was a shot. You, you come she, in. She's a white lady though. At fifty-two. Wow. Okay. She there was not a wrinkle in the sky. She like, was stunning. She looked great. And and that. That Mara girl, what's the girl's name? Uh, Rooney. Mara. I I don't like her look, and her sister I like as an actress better, from what? Teacher and all those films. I feel like those the sisters are very dark. There, there's some they, twisted this, situations going on with them. The sister, which I think uh, I forget her name. Kate. Um. Yeah, Kate Mara. I d- this they both give really dark performances yes, a lot. This was the lightest I think Rooney has ever. Rooney, done. this was great for her because yeah. she actually was human in this role. Yeah, she Because I really don't really like dark. her in most of the things that she's yeah. in. Girl with the dragon tattoo and all those things. I don't really like her as an actress. Whatever the fuck it is, I don't yeah. like her. So it's just she was like in Carol. I, whatever. With Kate. Yes, exactly. That oh my god, she was in side effects. There it is. There, that's how I know her. That's how I know her, and that's why they're the okay. It makes sense now, but they were lovers once again because Carol was a great film, also, mm-hmm. and Kate Blanchett just all the actors. Tony Collette, Love absolutely her. fantastic. One of my favorites. She she cannot do any wrong for me. Yeah, uh, David Strathairn. Fantastic. I was just like, 
there was so much good stuff happening here. Right. I think that you know, I don't I don't know how this this movie's not performing as like they wanted it to, but it's I think it's due to the pandemic. But I think that it's yeah, it's also one of those kind of things that you know, it's not going to be on everybody's radar cuz it's not a s- stupid action flick or a, a cartoon or some Star Wars bullshit that everybody thinks they have to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's interesting that you know, you you got to see this kind of story, and it it was like the Everyman because Bradley Cooper played Everyman. He played the Everyman, and I think he did it in an interesting way. And you know, we had you know different opinions on how it ended. We're not going to spoil it for you, but I think no. that it was it was interesting how he he did we it came full, oh yeah yeah, yeah it did. came full circle for him. So I, I mean, it completely came full circle. I just thought that in terms of this film. So many things were laden and built up. I expected the story to be so as well. Right. Um, that was just the only letdown. I mean. And for Del Toro, it's usually some twisted confusion about the mother. But in this one, it actually seemed more twisted and confused about the father. Yeah, there was a father. And I was like, father. okay, this is this is new for you. But okay, Let's see where you know. going. I guess it depends on which which film, because he's got he's got quite a few. Because wasn't Pan's Labyrinth about um about a father? Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like Pan's Labyrinth had a thing about the father too. So and basically, it, parents. He hates parents. I don't know if it's he hates parents. He probably had a fucked up childhood. I mean, The Shape of Water, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak had a thing about daddies too. Hmm. So, like, yeah. you know, maybe it's just a parental thing. Yeah. Because Pan's Labyrinth has a thing about parents. So, it's like, mm, um, don't be afraid of dark. Uh, has a thing about parents. So, uh, you know. All of all of those films, by the way, we've reviewed. So, if you ever want to go back and check yes. our synopsis and view point of view about those, check those out, yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I really like uh, Del Toro, but I... I just think he might have missed the mark on this one a little bit. And I think for people who are less inclined to be as critical as we are, you may think this movie is amazing as well. You should just lacking a bit in the story. And if you're going to be nominated for best picture, you need an all around knock it out of the park. 100 success i need you to explain that to the audience because i want them to understand what you mean by that what's missing for you so what's missing for me is the writing um when you make a film film is an amalgamation or collective of varying departments coming together to create a film that entails acting directing writing camera which is cinematography and lighting, um, set design, costume, wardrobe. When all those cylinders are clicking, you have an amazing film. Something that is not to be denied. Something that takes you out of your current focus and into the film. You're completely immersed and completely taken away into a new world that never existed before you stepped into this movie theater or sat down to watch it on streaming. That is what a film is. There is an element missing here, and it is that of the writing. I'm not saying the writing was horrible. It was not horrible by any means. It was just rudimentary, and the ending was that. It was not surprising or anything new. Um, But I could be jaded. You don't have to listen to me. I could be jaded because I've watched a million movies in my lifetime. And I've seen this before. So, yes, film noir is nothing new. But for the buildup of what we were expecting, the payoff was not as valid as I needed it to be. Nor does that mean that I'm not telling you to watch it. Please watch it. It is actually a good movie. I just, for me, I would like a little more. I, I needed roundness in the characters. We haven't developed hardly any of these characters. Mm. We gave you a little bit. We told you a lot about... Some things, little pieces. This person came from that person. This person had an issue with their daddy. This person had an issue with that. This person uh, is a swindler and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. But we don't get to the 
to the nook of things. Well, you know what was interesting to me as as we talk about it with, with Bradley Cooper's character, who started out always letting everybody know that he was not a drinker. Yeah, that never, it, never drink. He, he the, the word was never, right. and and the fact that as he escalated down, he would be drinking more, and mm-hmm. it was always some nice brown liquor in a glass, because I understand that everybody was drinking whiskey back then. Mm-hmm. So I get it, but you know, and he talked about how his father was a, an abuser of alcohol, and but he was trying not to be that. Mm-hmm. But every time you saw him slowly descend, he would have a drink in his hand. I was like, okay, so he's slow. And she, and Kate Blanchett's character was the one who kind of pushed him in that way. Mm-hmm. But it was it was kind of interesting in that. And so it was like, all right, and and so as you saw his downfall, there was always something about a drink or something and even how he how he you know demise killed one character with alcohol because i I believe he actually killed that guy let's not tell too much it's fine they're fine they they'll catch it no that reveals they'll be fine so it's just like there because you know we're not drinking wood alcohol but we're drinking alcohol but i think that it's interesting that you know there is so many little little nuggets that they gave us but they didn't give us enough because i wanted a little bit more of his backstory earlier in the film yeah and i think if we'd have gotten more of his backstory earlier we'd have been in a different place with him and just knowing and and um you know um mara's character the 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 girl yeah i think if we knew more about her i would have liked to have known more about her as well we would have been we'd have been more her name was Molly. I would like to have known more about Molly. Right. More about Xena, which was Tony Collette's character. Right. Um, and I actually knew nothing about Ron Perlman's character, Bruno. Who was looking out for Molly Who was all looking the time. out for Molly, but, I mean, can we understand a little bit more of that? And Pete, played by um, David uh, Straharan, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a whole story, and we got a lot of it. But I feel like I would have still because the movie could have actually been done about him. Yeah, I would have liked to have known more about it. But I mean, that being said, I guess two and a half hours there was a lot to chalk up. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And um, that's what I said to you earlier. I said, you know, they had a lot to do in in two hours. Even Clifton Collins Jr., the uh, the Funhouse guy, Mm -hmm. Spanish guy that was always on the mic, I'm just like, well, what, where the fuck did he come from? Right. Where are you? What's his deal? And I've seen him on so many things over the years. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in a lot of stuff. So I don't know. So what's your in your in your ratings of this on a one to five scale? I'll give it a four for everything but the story. Okay. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four and a half, mm-hmm. just for Kate Blanchett because she I mean, was really stunning. on her lady dick. What is she, happening? She was stunning, and and you know I I I knew when she walked. <laughs> there's something about Kate Blanchett when she walks on a set. She just opens the room she just lights it i mean up. she the bitch but she she was that she bitch was her for this movie. and she did it and i and i and i appreciate her for that i do just and i'm I'm telling you half of my my half in the four and a half mm-hmm. is the curls in her hair because the, wow. the the makeup and costume folks yeah they they killed it with that i she really hope they get stunning they get something for that because they worked really hard and she had that glow like barbara stanwick and all them all the the superstars she had an evil glow she had that glow around her that evil glow and when she the fight scene and how she's like i'm good she was she was good she she was good she was like i was like yes this mm. is this is this bitch right here. I was like, do this. Choke that bitch out. She did. Mm. I mean, I mean, how, I was like, choke how that do you out. almost die and be flawless? Because she was just like, well, she was great. That's 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 fantastic. that Fantastic. She was good. She was, was very good like, in it. Okay, okay. Doesn't look like she's nominated, but no, she was good in it's it. It's fine. They don't they don't have another, time for that. Another snub. They don't have time for that. They don't have time for that. But I get it. And like I said. Cool. What do they have time for? I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't even really want to list the amount, the the uh, 
the list of the nominations because I don't really think a lot of it is worthy. I think that they snubbed a lot of people they shouldn't have snubbed. Well, like I said, the whole list is on our Facebook page, so check it out and um, just yeah, for sure. you know just see movies. Just try to see it. If you can go to movies, fine. If you can't, and and just so you know, and this is part of industry news. This whole weekend, because we're we're taping this during Valentine's weekend, and um, the whole weekend has been about movies that focus on on women so you have uh death on the nile and you have um what's the other film that that it really caters to women um that's out this weekend so they're really trying to push women yes there are two films that are out right now oh marry me with j-lo why is that catered to women because it's about marrying so there's two there ain't no men that want to get married no there's a shitload of gay this men is that want to get fucking married. They don't. They don't care about that. They do care the about whole that. Point That's about money. This, Those people. Are the whole money. point about this: these two films are targeted to women because it's Super Bowl weekend, and they know that there are a lot of women who are not going to be sitting down watching the game, and that they're going to go to movies, and so they. That's why they have Death on the Nile right now, and and um, Marry Me because they want women who are not going to be watching the game. To go to the movies, and so this is this is the whole ploy. I mean, this is the alternative. This is the whole ploy. I mean, so, Death in the Nile just has a lot of female leads, right? And and they want. I they, don't know if it's geared towards women, but that's it's the whole. It's geared towards people who are interested in crime dramas and classic film. But crime dramas are big with women because that they're listening to all the podcasts, and that's the whole big that's thing fine. around the whole industry right now. So there's a whole big thing around women going to movies this weekend. So if you're not watching a the film, they want you to go out there and check out these films. And right now, Death on the Nile is winning over Marry Me, but it's it's neck of and neck. Of course, it's neck fuck? and neck. But like I said, we're either Who's way. Believing that Owen Wilson bullshit. Either way, we're we're all over it. So you know, go out there, see some movies if you can. Go watch see movies. If you can. Watch movies on streaming if you're not you know, feeling safe. Just do yet. what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Enjoy some movies. Let's jump into let's, Coda. Let's move on to something that was far better yeah. than in this movie. No shade. Whatever. That was shade, by the way. I mean, whatever. So let's talk about Coda. Um, Coda, directed by Sean Hader. Uh, Coda is a film that, as a Coda, which means child of a deaf adult, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pushing her love of music by wanting to go to Berkeley Music and the fear of abandoning her parents. You want me to start? Yes, please do. Um, absolutely amazing. Oh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? Um, okay, so we'll start with this. In the original film, French production of Coda, the actors were taught to sign uh, sign language, but were not actually deaf. However, this remake boasts the authenticity of acting, of having three main actors uh who are actually deaf in real life. Yes. You have Marley Matlin, of very big fame. She's been in lots of movies. Oscar winner. That's right. She's Oscar winner. Troy Katzer and Daniel Durant, who plays Leo, uh, the little brother. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the big old, brother. The, the big brother. Um, we also have Amelia Jones. Amy Forsythe is Gertie, her best friend. And I would be remiss if I cannot find the teacher. Where the hell is the teacher? Ah, Eugenio Derbez. You you know Eugenio from uh, lots of different films. How to Be a Latin Lover, Overboard. Um, trying to think of what else he's in. Instructions Not Included. And he was in Dora, uh, The Lost City of the Dead. He's been in a number of uh, Spanish films as well. Lots and lots of TV shows. 
trying to see if there's something. He was in Geostorm. Yep, I remember him in that. Yeah, I saw actually. that. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to see. He's been in a number of uh, Spanish films. But, I mean, look him up. I think he, he was fantastic in this. Uh, love this movie. Uh, should I talk about the cinematography or my feelings? First, first, you need to talk about the fact that you were all shady and half-ass about the film when I said Relax. we need to watch this. It was this. not shady and half-ass. <laughs> Let me explain. Please. This film was not on my radar. There's a lot of films that were not on my radar. I was not shady about it at all. I didn't know one. I didn't know about it. Know much about it. I didn't do half the research you did. Um, and two, it, it just wouldn't have resonated with me just on happenstance. I even hugged you this morning when I finished watching it. You <laughs> yes, could at least did. fucking give me yes, that. She did, oh, honey. you're she a did. shithead. She oh, did do God. that. <laughs> I will say this, okay? I was not prepared to fall for this movie in the way that I did. The pure emotion it evoked surprised me. And that's what I truly love about film. Uh, it's a journey that's not what you're expecting at all, right? It's, it's a world uh, you never knew existed until you arrived. Um, the beautiful nuances of this film is what makes film great. More than anything else, I truly hope they win this Oscar because this is the epitome of what storytelling is. It's the use of the craft in the best possible way. You know, uh, through sound, through image, through acting, through writing, um, costume, uh, hair, makeup, uh, design, uh, set design, rather. Uh, It all just works together to evoke a feeling. And that's what film does, right? This is the exact opposite of what Nightmare Alley did. Uh, It was a film that was enjoyable to watch, but it didn't evoke a feeling. This film actually evoked the feeling. At the end of the film, I was crying like I was watching Still Magnolias of the Color Purple. I was like, what in the fuck is this? It was very intense. It was intense and 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 charming and beautiful and yes. sweet. And I wish for the people who made this film, Sean Hader and everyone included, Absolutely. to get everything that they deserve. It was it was really and you know, and and yes, I had done a lot of research around the film. And I knew I wanted to watch it. I knew we were going to review it. But mm-hmm. I felt like, and and I understood, because I understand, I know f- people who are, are in the deaf community. Right. And, and I'm, I'm happy that as a person with a disability, they also get their time to shine. Because there's Absolutely. never enough representation of us in, in, in the world, in all of these thousands and thousands of films that are made, that no one is telling our story. And the fact that you actually had actual deaf actors mm-hmm. in the roles mm-hmm. and not, you know, people other actors playing the deaf. role. Yeah. And I get it. And I get it because sometimes it's hard to cast the people. But there are a lot of actors out here with all kinds of disabilities that touch on every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and what I loved about this was it really wasn't, yes, that was a cornerstone and part of the film, but this film is a coming-of-age drama, which I love, and everybody knows that I love that. Of course. And and it's a Everyone family does. drama. And it's a family drama, because that's what made this film so endearing. Right. It was about the family and, and just how cool this family was. And, 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 and all that they had to go through and, and just their own experiences of, of being some deaf and then some hearing and, and navigating the world in the space that they were in and, 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 and just all of their interconnections with people in their community. Cause this movie felt very community based. Yeah. You know, you, you knew this, this town, this, this place where everybody was a part of it and it wasn't, yes, there was parts of it that was isolating for them mm-hmm. being a part of the deaf community, but they were still, part of a bigger community mm-hmm. and you felt well that. they found out that they were part right. of bigger communities yeah. uh as they were faced with the 
the loss, mm-hmm. the possible Absolutely. loss of their daughter. Absolutely. And there's just so much going on there. And just her journey as a singer there and was, just trying to find her space. Yeah. Just trying to find her space and and, and and just being who she wanted to be and, and how her family. And I felt, you know, and her older brother, Leo, I think that, and I often think about this with my sister because, you know, growing up with a disability, mm-hmm. a lot of the attention was put upon me, you know, in the family and just knowing how, what that, that impact of that Absolutely. on my older sister right, and what that meant for her and, and how did, did she feel like she wasn't being paying attention to? Like, what was that for her? You know, what mm-hmm. was that experience about? And I know that, you know, she spent a lot of time, you know, in nurturing and caring for me when I was going through all of the the medical stuff that was happening during the time, I think that like, what, what did that mean for her? And the fact that he felt invisible, even though he was there, you know, and, and was looking for attention in, in the other, in the opposite side of that, you know, he felt also like they, they revered her like a saint, right? She was, she was the saint in the family. And, she gave them access to the hearing world. Right. And so it's like, well, how do you navigate that space? And we don't, we don't have very many stories that really talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I I thought the story really, this film really did that well. And it wasn't salacious. It wasn't, it wasn't disability porn. Like nope, we always it see. It wasn't That's about that. That's another thing I was concerned it about. It wasn't about, you know, inspiration to make all you other folks feel better about yourselves. Yeah. It was literally a story about this family. It was an family. everyday story about this Right, because this could have been any family, yeah. any time. Everybody was trying to find themselves in this story in some way. I mean, uh, Ruby, uh, who had actually a really nice voice, really she, nice singing she voice. She did. I was Fa- just like, wow. Right. She had to find her own journey through separating herself from her family and finding her own, beginning her own chapter uh, apart from the family and still yet being a part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, her brother sure. was trying to establish himself in the world, as we said. Her dad was also, but really sort of as a businessman, independent of his daughter's contributions. Mom needed her an identity outside of the family. Um, being a former model, I think she had to absorb herself into the family and figure out how she could be a part of the community separate from what she was as a mother. So everyone had a place that they needed to find, but they just needed to find the courage to do it. And it took Ruby's uh, little brave self to like reach out first and jump off that cliff, metaphorically and physically, as you'll see in the movie. Yes. to to start it off right, right, and I think I think that was really that was really beautiful. I think they had such really good elements in the film. I, I was struck by the very opening of the film. That whole sea, that the sea scenes at the beginning mm-hmm. were yeah. so far away from the boat when they introduced us to them. Right, it was so amazing because if you've ever been on a boat in the sea. It literally is that. The sea is, is endless, and it right. feels like it touches you. And the angle in which they shot it um, literally was almost in the lens. It was almost like right. moonlight in that sense. You could almost touch it. You could almost mm-hmm. touch it and feel like it was going to come through your television because right. it was Absolutely. really just up against the yeah. screen. I mean, that, that was really amazing. I really appreciated the sound of the film as well. I, I thought it was played... Um, to enhance what it was like uh, as a deaf family or deaf person or as a hearing person in that world. They actually had two ASL uh, experts on set. So that was really good. Um, And this the blending between the hearing worlds and the non-hearing worlds were so interesting. I just think that everything sort of came together in a really unique way, and it shows that how... I think this was the, the, the... this was the efforts of a cast and crew that would that were a bit more like a family than they realized. Right. And and how they meld melded the two worlds that they existed in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if um, Sean, the director, um, 
was able to speak in sign language beforehand, but she's on a bunch of videos speaking in sign language now. That's fantastic. So, and I mean, she's speaking, spelling her name and saying, so it, it, it's really interesting that she is doing that. Um, and, you know, we've read articles and seen interviews and she talks about how she was outside of the community and really wanted things to be authentic in its relation to it. So it was really interesting. Well, you know what's, what, what's cool about it to me, and, and I've learned a lot about the deaf community working with one of my colleagues, uh, Storm Smith, who I, I dedicate this episode to, because she's taught me a lot about what it is to, to navigate the deaf community in, in, in that space. Um, yeah, she's you know, it's kind of interesting because I've, I've just, I, and I want to learn more. I want to learn the sign because I feel it's a part of communication. And this, this film and also speaks of all of the immigrants that come into this country. I agree. Who do we not necessarily speak English. And how their children are probably like Ruby Rose. Right. And you have to, yeah, they, they're, they're translating Rose. for their families and so on and so forth. You know, and, and grandma is at home who's speaking the mother tongue. And, and you know. Grandma it, and the parents. Right. And, and the parents in some cases. So it's like, well, this is this is real life for so many people. And I think that it's important to understand that communication is important. It, it, it broke my heart when when the family went to the, the recital. And they they didn't really know what Don't was going too on, much. you know. Yeah. They were they didn't know what was going on, but yeah. they were just they were and, trying to be there. Yeah. And then they were having regular conversation. Well, what are we gonna have for dinner tonight? You know, because it was like, well, they're 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 isolated from. They were the whole isolated experience. within the entire audience. Of but people. what that speaks to me as a person with a disability is the fact that we need to be more accessible and allow for interpretation mm -hmm. to happen and, and to have interpreters in spaces because we're dealing with that at work now where you know we're creating content but we're not even thinking about the fact that there's an audience of people who are deaf and can't hear so we need to be able to communicate what we're trying to say and so now in a lot of cases we're having interpreters come in and interpret what's going on and we can't we can't continue to live in a space where we don't accommodate. It's not just about a ramp for me or accessibility for me as a person who uses a wheelchair, but it's also about people who cannot hear or who cannot see. We need to provide these spaces for people or people who have cognitive disabilities. We need to be more accountable in that, you know, and we sit in this, in this luxury of just thinking, Oh, it's okay. They'll figure it out, whatever. It'll be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. We have to do more. And I think that the beauty of this film is they showed that in a way that made it digestible for all of us. Because mm -hmm. this, 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 this is a family film. This is a family film. And eh, not for children, like cursing. Um, yeah. And there's a couple sex scenes. Well, but know. other than that, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's an older family film. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in the sense he means family film, he means like, you know, it's a, fam it's a film about a family. Um and that it's accessible to all. I didn't know anything about the film before we decided to to review it. And I was concerned that we were gonna read subtitles and what I keep up and what we're doing and you know. Um, and yes, it all sounds very selfish. But uh, it all depends on how you absorb film. Right. Um, some people do it audibly, some people do it visually. And I know it's a visual medium, but that's not how all the people, like, Lots of people get up from films and like walk around. I don't know why you do that, but hell, <laughs> that's what you do. I people, know. some people just listen to movies. I don't get it, but yeah. they do, and that's how they absorb it. Right. And so I think, you know, I was concerned. I didn't know if I could absorb it in the way it needed to be absorbed. Right. But it was fully. There were moments. You had full moments when there was, um, there was audible language, mixed with. Um, ASL language, which is signing language. Yep. Um, there was moments when there was just audible language, and then there were moments where it was just signing. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't take away from the film at all. No, no. Um, but it was just a beautiful piece of film. And yes, I think Devon, I was going to give him a proper thanks, but see, blacks, you can't do shit with them. <laughs> Cause they so damn. I'ma need it now, bitches. They'll be giving me my props. I was. I had a whole shit written. This nigga. You can say your. No, it's over. 
You used that. I'm done. You used the N word. I did use it. You used the N word. I'm okay with that. But I'm sorry <laughs> if it offended you, listener. <laughs> because blacks ain't shit sometimes. You see how they worked? Wow. I had a whole thing at the end. Thank Vaughn. Can't think. You can, you can no. still thank me. You got a hug. But you got a hug. But once again, I like. like once again, I have to say, it, it's just so important for me to, to get across to everybody yes. that representation is so important. It is very and important. And I think that we have so far to go. Yeah. And and just so you know, and, and, and since we're talking about Valentine's Day and Super Bowl, because we're recording this during the time of the Super Bowl. So if you're watching the Super Bowl this weekend, keep an eye out because there are going to be two deaf performers during the halftime show at Super Bowl. That's never been done before. Um, it was part of... Um, Dr. Dre's performance, he wanted these two deaf performers to mm -hmm. be a part of the show. Right. So I think that it's good to expose this the talents of, of of a variety of people. And you know, as we we talk about a lot of diversity issues this in the last few years, thanks to Breonna Taylor, sadly, and George Floyd, who had to die for us to recognize diversity. I think that it's important to understand that disability is part of diversity. And so mm -hmm. you're going to see more and more people out here, influencers and content makers and performers, because there needs to be more of it. And so I think, once again, shout out to all these people out here trying to make these things happen. Yeah. And it, it's not just, you know, don't ever feel anybody listening or, you know, paying attention to what we talk about. It's important. And we understand that it's important. And so just keep doing what you're doing and, and just keep fighting that fight every day. And yeah. um, we're going to do it. I have to give this a five out of five. Yeah, no, this is it this, was it was everything like a for 10 me. if I could give it yeah. double the score. I mean, I really honestly hope that you guys win. They're up for best motion picture, which means all the producers get it. Um, uh, I guess Hater is not a producer, but she is up for best adapted screenplay. So I really hope she gets it. And the actor that played the father, Troy Kotzer, mm -hmm. I really hope he gets it as well. I love um, him too. I think by the way. I think it's 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 a phenomenal film um, that was found at Sundance. And and Hader has been working. She worked on Orange Is the New Black and a lot of the shows. And um, I'm trying to remember which movie she did. She worked on some films as well. But you know, it speaks to what you've been talking about over the years about all these new women directors that mm -hmm. are really doing their thing and really making a mark in yes. the industry. And, you know, they might not always get nominated for Oscars, but they're really doing some good work they're that people are work. paying attention to. Yes. And I think that it's important. And, you know, there's so, there's so much more opportunity now. And, you know, yeah, it's a good old boys game, but you know what? Women are doing what they got to do. And they're making films that people care about. Right. Because, you know, not everybody is making films about stupid shit. People right. are making things about films that matter. And women right. are making, women are more than romance. Right. So when, when you say things like, I know they, they're, they're, they are hitting marry me, aiming marry me towards women. Mm -hmm. uh, a part of me, that bothers me. Right. It really does. Because it's like, I'm not going to see that fucking movie. And I'm a big rom-com movie fan but like no it's not not every woman is dreaming about getting fucking right. married there's more and more of us that are not right. and there's more and more of us that are not trying to dream about having no kids either right there's a lot more of us trying to have a career mm -hmm. trying to solidify ourselves trying to prove ourselves as people so i think you know um when we talk about diversity um you know women have been number one diversity yeah in in yeah. the market and we've we've always been trying to show that we are so much more than what you see on the surface. Right. And it's not about being Hair, a housewife makeup, nails, or being in love. Being or a housewife, being in love. Yeah. I mean I mean, and if you break it down, the uh the spectrum is so wide. I mean, I'm queer. There's a ton of queer women doing film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and doing things that have nothing to do with queer life. Absolutely. So it's just like, you know, I when you talk about commercials too, I think people like um E-Harmony has a really great commercial right. about two women dating. Yep. Um, Facebook. My mom won't stop talking to me about this Facebook commercial. Oh, the portal ads, the two, yes. The portal ads with the two black Shout uh, out to my women. agency. We did that work. Thank you. Right. The couple <laughs> who had adopted a Latin girl. 
And so, um, and they're talking about, you know, how they have a family and, and getting to know their grandmother. And then there is also a film, a film, I'm sorry, a commercial that is also a portal ad between two sisters and one of them is death. Right. So, and, and the sister's going on a date. So there are so many varieties in terms of diversity and women. So it's all the, um, the interstellar, I forget what the other word is. All that intersectionality. Thank you. All the intersectionality that Mm -hmm. comes together with it. So, but I think, uh, you know, watch it, watch it all, embrace it all. And keep it going and good luck. You know, cater. And just keep it going, keep it I going. I hope you win. <laughs> and you know, shout out to all the women out here trying to make things happen. Yes. You know, your your voice all is the lady being filmmakers. heard. Your voice is is being heard. So I think yes. that you know that's important to talk about. And uh, you know, just keep watching films and keep going to movies. And you know, as we move forward, you know, I think that it's it's one of those things that we have to do. And, you know, the pandemic can't slow us all down because we're going to keep making content. It's just these brief little stints of strains. Right. (laughs) I'm over this shit. Wear your fucking mask. I don't care if they release this damn mask mandate. And please get your vaccine. Get your mask. Get your vaccine. You know, listen, we not Joe Rogan. You ain't got to cancel us because we said get a vaccine. Right. You ain't got to do it. Right. But you should. (laughs) And with that being said, we thank you for being here. Yes. Um, we're glad you're back. Yes. We're glad you're safe. We hope you're safe. Happy 2022. Happy 2022. And if you like this episode, be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we're under Beer Bourbon and a Movie. And don't forget where we post on SoundCloud, yes. on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Yep. And if you have anything to say to us, please be sure to use the hashtag. That's BBM Podcast, hashtag BBM Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Don't get swift with the lips. I got Twitter <laughs> fingers too. She does. Okay. I love you, but be respectful. She loves you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. Till next time. Peace.